You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. Welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. I am here today with my co-pilot, Christina Dennis. How you doing, Christina? Hello. Beautiful. Beautiful. It's Friday. Yes, it is Friday. It's TGIF Friday, and we are on episode number 76, TGIF Friday. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Can you believe it? It's already Friday? I can. I'm having a hard time believing that it's Friday already. I actually Where did the week go, Christina Dennis? (laughs) Where did the week go? Oh, wow. Well, we were busy, so that was good. That was really good. We were. We were busy. You know, uh, we oh, on Fridays we love to do uh, the first segment of the show, uh, TGIF sober. But before we do this, I'd like to thank uh, all of everybody in the recovered life community. Uh, episode number seventy six is brought to you by the recovered life contributors and listeners like you. So thank you everybody for all of your support. Thank you. Uh, we have thank you so much, literally. And uh, if you're listening right now on the different uh, broadcast. Uh, areas that we've got, you know, we're on YouTube, we're on Facebook, Instagram TV. We had some people on Clubhouse today mention that they don't miss a show on Instagram TV, which was good. We sure did. That is always, always cool to see it. You know, that app is awesome. Um, The things that we're doing on that app, but I love it that people can catch this show and and other things on Recovered Life that are happening at Recovered Life on, on their own device and how they want to. So yes, yes. And that is, that is really cool. And, you know, and I want to go into the TGIF sober because it's, you know, uh, we, we do our own little Friday sober segment, right? Right. Right. Uh, Because, you know, a lot of people think back to their days of drinking, using (laughs) or doing whatever as Friday being kind of the kickoff. It never was for me. I, I was good for a good Wednesday. As well, <laughs> I was like, Thursday. There was, we never ever had a kickoff because I never stopped playing. Right? <laughs> exactly, right? But there was a little extra ferociousness whenever, uh, and it was actually Saturday for me because I was in the food and beverage business. And so Friday night was for them. Saturday evening, it was game on. And then Sunday and Monday were my weekend. But I think there's something special about Fridays everywhere. I have to be honest. I, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. And uh, that's why we like to try to celebrate uh, Fridays. We try to kind of recap on what happened on Recovered Life this week. Like what what happened, what went on? And we actually had a very exciting week. You know, I we was did. down. Everybody knows I announced earlier this week I had COVID. That's right. <clears throat> Still have a little cough. So I just apologize, guys, if I'm coughing into the mic too much. But <laughs> it was kind of a week back for me, right? It was like. It um, was. How do you feel? You know, a little rough. I have to be honest with you. A little yeah. rough. Yeah. As, as we rough. get older, they're not as easily, it's, it's not as easy to come right back. I know when I was sick uh, in December, it took me a good week before I felt like, okay, I know how to do this. I know how to do this thing called life. <laughs> exactly. You know what? And the thing was, is that just coming back to the regular day in, day out stuff. And we had those tech problems that we talked about, but we were mm-hmm. able to get it going. And do three shows this week, uh, which is really, really great. But what I really loved is a conversation that was going on in Recovered Life this week. And I wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit because we had some really great guests that were really amazing, Well, in in my opinion. 
Yeah, and I learned from everyone, but we had such beautiful room. On Tuesday, we do our neuroscience room, and Tamar Medford was our guest, and we had this amazing conversation about subconscious belief systems, ones that we are aware of and ones that we are not aware of. And it was just a really good, good conversation where she was able to give us some really nice tips um, on how you start looking at your belief systems and questioning even if they're real, because most of the time we've picked up belief systems. I know I did uh, in early childhood that maybe uh, are not really serving us anymore. And it was really, really uh, nice to hear other people like us in the recovered community talking about you know, wow, I used to think this way and now I'm learning to do it a little different. And she yes. shared, you know, we're, we're an autopilot, right? You know, each person has 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day, but only 5% of them are new. And so when you first start getting sober, that is you taking charge and taking agency with your thoughts and how that can be applied to everything. Okay, Christina, I want to I want to talk with you. And I was able to go to most of that room on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. it's Tuesdays at nine, by the way, for people who are listening that want to go to that. It's on Clubhouse. We do all about the brain and addiction and addiction thinking. Because look, we know that most of addiction is thinking, right? Like mm -hmm. it is the thinking. And what I loved about what you were talking about is just these old brain patterns that are going on, right? So true. These old brain patterns. So true. And most of us don't even question that they're actually brain patterns. We are not aware of the fact that we're the thinker of our thoughts, not our thoughts. Um, and that is something that takes a little time to wrestle around with. But what it allows you to do is is do some thought control, is replacing that first thought with a second thought. Um, and we beat ourselves up for having negative bypass, but our brain is designed to do that. So, and even addiction is a pattern and it just happens to be when you consume alcohol, your brain gets very, very clear that this is the quickest way to get you to dopamine. The quickest way to get you uh, safe is what the brain thinks. But the problem is with alcohol is that it's also uh, full of anxiety. And one of the things that we brought up uh, that I thought was really, really interesting so that it could take it away from anybody is this whole idea that our body is designed to balance. So if we're pumping a ton of dopamine in there, that means the very next day, it's going to go way low to try to create homeostasis. And then, you know, it's a vicious cycle, as you know, then you have to drink again. Yeah. And yeah, I, I hope it was really helpful. I know it was because I got several messages after saying, thank you. I hope you'll always keep bringing this kind of information. These are the kind of conversations you want to have um, so that you can start building that life. Well, you know, what was a big takeaway from, from this, and this is a, a, a lot about the, you know, we shared, I think it was in the, in the, in the Monday broadcast or Tuesday broadcast about how we, you know, had all these technical issues and we mm -hmm. finally got those ironed out and about how this kind of all or nothing thinking, you know, right. and I'm an intense person, like, a Come little on. bit, a little bit. We know bit. this. I'm a little intense, right? <laughs> and so could you. You can Sometimes. be right. Like when you get focused on stuff. Yes, yes. You're really, yeah, go, you're really going. I've heard it also, from others. <laughs> yes. But we also want to get what we want to get, right? Like right. we want to try to, our, our goal obviously is like we want to try to make something happen here. So, and that's with life. Everybody's trying to make stuff happen. But what really I got out of the tomorrow room on Tuesday is that, you know, wow, I can change my thinking at a drop of a hat. Like yes. literally I'm not enslaved to my thinking. And that's what recovery yes. has taught me in general, honestly. 
It really is. And, and if, uh, and the reason why I brought up negative bias or bias is because if your first thought is negative, I want you to know that's your brain working because it's trying to keep you safe. So it's going to bring up danger, danger, danger. And a lot of people, you know, get in and start uh, digging in on their self-criticism because they think negatively. It's yes. very simple to replace the thought. I mean, Louise Hay, you know, that Love Your Life, Love Your Body book from, I don't know, I think it's been around at least 30 years, was you cannot hold two thoughts at once. So you have that power to change it immediately. To change yes, and it's thought. what shot, thought we're going to think at any given mm -hmm. time. And what, what I, you know, and this, you know, we, we've got a segment coming up, our second segment here uh, for episode 76 is we're talking about, uh, about the whole COVID and it yes. possibly killing 12 step groups and person groups. Right. And right. that's, and that's also a thinking thing too, right? Like that's also like how we're going to think, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, when I do any kind of public speaking at all about uh -huh. recovery uh -huh. or about my story, you know, I talk a lot about, uh, about how I had to brainwash myself. Really? You know? And that's kind of controversial. I mean, yeah, I was like, Ooh, those like are that. tricky words. It, it is. People don't like that, but it was true. My brain kind of in a way needed to be washed. I needed to get rid of these old ideas that I had mm -hmm. and I had to replace them and I had to replace them with positive thinking. Yeah. And it was funny coming back. I had a little, you know, I had a little stretch of negative thinking. Like, right. I don't know if it was self-doubt. I, I, I don't have a ton of self-doubt. I like, I pretty much know yes, like what I can call, but every once in a while it sneaks in and I was, wow, I was having self-doubt. I was kind of questioning myself and that always slows down the process. And it's a, it's a thinking problem. And everybody knows who's ever been in any seminar with me or you, one of the biggest things that I always say is, is that sometimes in recovery, you have to stop thinking. You yes. have to stop obsessively thinking. Yes, absolutely. And rely on your disciplines and these new habits, you know, these new habits that we've created. And your brainwashing is is also could be uh, spoken in a way of that's the longest neuropathway that you've had. And so it, your brain is also a little lazy. And so it'll go to the quickest route once it thinks that's what you need to keep you safe. And yes. it, it does take discipline and intentional thought to change it. And I don't think that's brainwashing. I think that's recognizing that we're in charge of what we think. It's reprogramming. It's reprogramming your mind. And, right. you know, the thing is, is that I'm not going to say that sometimes my first thought isn't catastrophe about <laughs> what can go wrong. Yeah. But, you know, what? one thing I have done, I know over the decades of, 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 of recovery, and this honestly started in 12-step rooms. Okay. Right, was to reframe my thinking so that I automatically go, you know, I had something happen uh, that I had shared with you a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago that kind of rattled me a little bit. Yes. And my immediate thought, I was telling a friend, my immediate thought was, you know what, this is for the best. I, it was out of my control what happened. And you know what, maybe this is God bringing something bigger Isn't into my life. Isn't that amazing that you it is amazing that because thought? that's not how I'm really wired. And, 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 you know, this person told me, which was, it was a very big compliment for me because the person said, you know what, Damon, that's what I love about you is that you always go to that place of what could be created next. Right. And I was sure. like, wow, that's a whole change of neuropathway for me. Right. Right. And it, and I'm glad that you stopped and marveled at that and recognized because that's the other, I think, myth that can happen or way that we can beat ourselves up. 
which is I've been like this, I'll always be like this. And when we can look at it, so, I mean, there's a whole TED talk on the progress principle. When we can look at that, that's truly where joy comes from, is recognizing that we can change. One of my favorite things when I'm in a really, really bad place, because uh, affirmations don't work for me if I'm disconnected, is to put my hand on my chest and say, I am changing. I am changing. I am capable of change. That works for my brain and for my anxiety. Yes. And you know, the one thing that I've learned definite, if just just the ability to stay sober long term is that um, I can't see my own evolution and change a lot of times. Right. And this is why it's so important, you know, with to have this recovered life community Absolutely. is because you're around other people. They see the change in you. I see the change in them. And one of the early kind of meta metaphysical things that I adopted, Christina, was is that if I could see the change in other people, which I was much more willing sure. to accept other people were changing, right? Sure. If I could see it in them, that meant it it had to be happening with me. Yes. If yeah. I was able to see, because that's a spiritual principle. It's exactly. A metaphysical way. If you can if you can acknowledge it and see it in others you have the ability to experience it. So if I said, well, if I'm doing the work and I can't see it, if I could see it in others, it's got to be happening for me. And I have to tell you, just that small little shift was huge. Well, and they tell us to do that in the beginning. And, you know, look, do you believe me? Do you believe that it's helped me? I mean, that's many, many ways that people get sober because they can't really believe that they can get sober. There is no way. But then they get these examples of lots and lots of people who are sober, who have made these changes. And they they think I did. Wow. It's possible to live life like that. And just opening that door just a little yeah. bit will allow you to explore thought. You're absolutely right. And I mean, um, I'm going to be back Tuesday because I can't wait to see what that room has in store absolutely. on Tuesday as well. And that was a big takeaway from the week, honestly. And that's what we do with TGIF Sober. That's what we do in the segment really on Fridays is we just go over all the kind of cool stuff that we were able to experience, highlights, right? Of mm -hmm. what we were able to experience. And we hope if you're listening to us that you're, you're having these as well. And we want to definitely hear it in the chat, you know, and uh, go to Recovered Life and uh, – you know, make a comment because commenting helps people. It really does. It does. Um, it really, it, it is. It's really, it's because people could see, wow, it's not just me that's thinking this. I got to ask you, Christina, uh, this, this, you had a guest on, mm -hmm. on your codependency room. Yes. Setting healthy about, boundaries. Yes. Now it was Valentine's day this weekend. Mm-hmm. Pushed a lot of triggers. Right. And was it with the day, was it the day after Valentine's day or a couple was it Valentine's days. day? Couple days. Couple days after yeah, you. That's you my had, That's right. That Wednesday is the room where we really tackle codependent issues, um, and we call it setting healthy boundaries because everyone knows that they need help in that area. It's universal. We don't live in a world that, um, at least specifically in this country, where they're uh, respected so much. Yes. And I know a lot of people are saying it in mainstream, but I can't tell you another area in recovery that I needed to work on was setting healthy boundaries. And my guest on Wednesday was uh, self-kindness coach Pete Sibley. And you absolutely want to look him up. He'll be back to the room because it was amazing to listen to him share tips on how he uh, starts to just open that door on being kind to himself. Yeah, yeah. And what I loved about Pete is he talks about his journey about being a, a, mm -hmm. a, musician. a musician and ending up and, and just hitting rock bottom kind of. Right. 
And, you know, we've had this discussion about rock bottom and about change and about, you know, I, I think everybody that's in recovery that enjoys the recovery discussion, mm-hmm. and this isn't just people who are sober too, but people right. who like it, are a little bit of what I'm just going to call it kind of change junkies. Yes. Like we like to see, uh, I don't even know what you would even call it. It'd be kind of like a personal transformation junkie. Yes. Yes. Like, I like to see personal transfer. Like that's one of the biggest, but besides just being sober mm-hmm. and having the experience of being sober, being able to accomplish really amazing things in sobriety, honestly, that's one of the coolest things actually is to be able to see other people change. Well, and to, and to take what they're saying and apply it to your own life. He shared a visualization that just touched me so much. I even wrote a blog about it where uh, when he was questioning himself, staying curious and said, how could I, how could I be kind to myself? What does that look like? And he says he uses a visualization of when one child on a playground gets hurt, uh, another child will come up and just sit with them and be compassionate toward them. And I, for whatever reason, and I know it wasn't just me, that really struck with me. And if I could visualize that, if I could just open my door to that there's some kindness in the world and it does exist, then I can move on to the next step. Yeah, then it's all just about finding it. It's all about finding, right? Being aware. And we talked a lot about that this week, about just being aware. On Monday, the room we had this week in Recovered Life, we did, we talked about awareness, about looking Mm -hmm. for, looking for the good things in your life, right? as opposed to setting up this framework where it's all about, you know, um, really just all about looking for what's the worst case scenario. Yeah, watch out. What am I going to get? What am Mm -hmm. I going to get? You know, how Mm -hmm. come I'm not getting mine? This this framework of just letting go of that and just understanding that, you know, hey, there's something bigger out there that's taking care of you and you just have to do the work and show up. Absolutely. And, you know, where attention goes, energy flows. And so it's an absolutely, you were talking about spiritual law. It's an actual spiritual law that what you focus on gets bigger And so when we first start our journey in recovery, we may be focusing on the fact that we're so different or that we're never going to be able to have, you know, what we've had. And everybody's always told, follow it all the way through, play the movie forward. And then you play the movie forward and, you know, destruction happens and self-destruction specifically. And so having this ability to have examples that are positive, take your time to look at them, becoming aware of the thoughts is huge. So yeah, big. this awareness, this awareness, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I, we can't end the segment without talking about the obvious, which was Valentine's day. Yes. And the room that I had yesterday on Thursday, uh, which was, should you date in early sobriety? Right. Wow. That caused <laughs> a little bit of controversy. Well, I think, I think what it highlighted is that a lot of people do and wish they hadn't. <laughs> that was the lesson I got out of it. But the deeper lesson was to understand what do you have to offer in a relationship? You know, there was uh, a recovery coach, Paulie, who jumped in that he lets people know or lets the young men that he sponsored know, you don't have anything to bring to the relationship right now. And what we know for sure is that, you know, like water will find like water. So if you're in a relationship and you are picking somebody who's super dramatic um, or struggling, you know, with narcissistic like behaviors or just not communicating or it's full of trauma bonding, 
then that's giving you a clue that there's stuff that still needs to be worked out in you. And until we give ourselves that chance, I just uh, finished with a client and it went, you know, it was very much the same kind of thing that I did, you know, rehab, I was an outpatient, then in a relationship right away. And I was using the relationship to give me the drama and the dopamine that I used to have around alcohol. And there's right. no doubt yes. about it. No yes. doubt about it. And, you know, the interesting thing that was interesting about this is a lot of people shared that they decided a lot of single people shared that they decided that they were going to have Valentine's day with themselves. Yes. And they were going to do this whole self-kindness thing that yep. it, you know, Anne, who's a great contributor to recovered life mm -hmm. shared about how she really likes chocolate mm -hmm. and she likes sushi and she treated herself and that she had a date with herself. See? And how, how great is that? That's a beautiful concept. And it's truly what we have to do to start healing some of these wounds. We have to treat ourselves with value as if we are a person of value before we can expect somebody else to fill up that deficit. Um, and it's, it's incredibly important. And I'm not saying you have to be perfectly, you know, settled and have everything, you know, taken care of before you start dating, but it's a lot easier. If both of you have a commitment to self-care, self-love and your value systems, and then you decide if those value systems match up. Now, I know without a doubt that all of my relationships in early sobriety were about me trying to fill a need that I never should have asked another person to fill. Well, I think that that share that that discussion and you mentioned what Polly said, mm -hmm. which I think for guys too, like because I would the reason why I had that room, you know, the room's called unstuck. And we talk about ways that people get stuck. And I've right. seen so much, really, the two areas that people relapse in mm -hmm. or die and just don't come back, really. Honestly, I, I it's relationships and money. Right. True. <laughs> uh, I said there's three there's three things that will get you every time. It's like the early relationship, money problems, and then not doing the work, not doing what's suggested of you. Right. Well, the first Huge. two are universal, too. That's not just around yes. recovery people, but it's enhanced for recovery. But the people. ramifications of it for people in early recovery, because I think the thing is, is that, you know, people come into recovery at different at different health levels. Right. And, and when I say that, you know, I'm not a doctor, I'm not looking no. at somebody's health, but what I'm doing is that there's different mental health and there's also different ramifications for people. You know, uh, there's a lot of people, maybe the soccer mom or soccer dad that has a fairly stable life. Yes. Besides drinking, right? Like they, they mm -hmm. have a place to go. They have a place to stay. They don't have a criminal record. They're not sure. in and out of jail. They're not being evicted, right? Like a lot mm -hmm. of stuff as opposed to people who there are some people that will come into recovery and honestly, like one little slip up one, one non call to the wrong person. Right. Right. Check in They're They're in County. Yeah. Right. Or they're in 5150 hold, or they have a health situation where they're going to die. Right. Like, so there, I think to not acknowledge that, uh, that there's people that come in at different kind of health and mental health levels. Right. And the relationship is a killer. I've seen people just go out. People can weather the money thing. Mm -hmm. They really can. I mean, it's tough. They can weather it as long as there's a potential solution down the line, I see. But the relationship thing, they just can't handle the intensity of it. 
Well, and you, when you stop drinking or using, the money thing can sort itself out to some degree, right? You're doing behaviors that allow you to support yourself. It's one of the principles in the 12-step group that I come from, you know, that you're self-supporting. And so that's pretty easy. That goes into like, okay, this is part of it. And so you have a natural yeah. benefit from not drinking or picking up in the money area. But the relationship area, it is so gray. It needs, uh, I, I believe in the rule, even though I didn't abide by it. Yeah, and I think I, I partially abided by it uh, for a period <laughs> of time, but then you get bored, right? Yeah. And then you know better, and that's the thing, and then you suffer. Right? Yes. That, that's a lot of recovery. It's that It's that cycle. But <laughs> it was it. an amazing, man, just an amazing week. I learned a lot about my own recovery, learned a lot about the people around me. Um, you know, and it was, it was, I, I think, you know, to, to kind of wrap up the segment of TGIF sober, I, I, it was a great week for me, even though it was a big learning week. Sure. Sure. And that's, I mean, that's really the best we can, um, say about any kind of experience. I don't believe any relationship that I had was a failure because if I learned something from it and they learned something from it, uh, then it was a win-win. It doesn't mean that it was supposed to be forever, but I've learned most of my things through relationships. Absolutely. So Christina, why don't you tell people how they can support the show oh, yes. and we'll end this segment and go into our next segment, which is going to be, hold on guys. If you guys are listening on the podcast or YouTube, hold on through the break because we are coming back within a really, it's going to be a little controversial. We're going to talk about how, did COVID kill 12 step groups? Ooh. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to be honest with two people who have are really involved in 12 step groups. Absolutely. What we think. Well, why don't you tell people how they can support Yes. Recovered life. We want to keep doing and bringing these beautiful shows to you. And one of the best ways to support us is to like follow and share so that we can continue to build this wonderful community. You can do that on your Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, um, IGTV, all of the places and let people know that we're out here having a conversation. We want to bring as many people into this community so that we can continue to bring you really, really good content like this. Absolutely. And really, this is it, guys. This is the lifeblood. If you're really enjoying this share, tell a show, tell a friend. If mm -hmm. you're listening to this on iTunes, subscribe. Leave a little nice comment if you got one thing out of this, because what we found is, is that if people like, share and follow, what happens is, is it turns it on to other people right. who will like, share, and follow. And look, if we can just reach one peep, one person out there and we're helping you at all, it's worth it for Christina and I. Yes. What would be, be even better is that if we could help a lot of people, uh, a lot of people all at once, which would be great. It would. It would be beautiful. So it's guys, fine. after the break, hold tight here. After a really quick uh, little break, we are going to come back and we're going to be talking about did COVID kill 12 step groups? You might be surprised about what we have to say. Yes. So hold tight. We'll be back soon. Bye. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. Dennis, Recovered Life, here we are. Uh, we'd like to thank everybody for coming back to segment two. And we're going to, we've got a good segment here because this, this is, is going to be fun. This is it's juicy, juicy, guys. Yeah. And it's, it's and it's something that I haven't seen people talk about openly yet 
um, at least in the circles that I've been at and in and around. So I love that we're uh, highlighting this because I think it's, it's important. It is important. Okay, guys, here is a topic. Okay, here, here it is. Here's what we want to talk about. You know, has COVID killed 12 step groups? Wow. And we're using 12 step groups as a, uh, we're just going to, we're just going to be upfront here. Uh, we're using 12 step groups as kind of all 12 step groups, right? It could be the favorite one, the most common one. We don't even feel we really need to name them because we don't want to confuse it. Sure. Uh, but it's, you know, has it killed 12 step groups? Christina, I want to, I want to hear what you have to say, but we should tell people about this article we found too, which Definitely. I thought was before we dive into this and get your yes, thoughts. Yes, do it. So there was an article that was put out by the New York Daily News, a guy named Christopher Dale. Mm -hmm. And he wrote about how the coronavirus is ruining 12 step groups. And it's not really about social distancing. No. And yeah, and it's not. So so we're going to reference that article, you know, through the segment here. But Christina, what, what's your thought? What do, what do you think? Is it is it killing it? Um, I think it's had an effect. I'll be honest. Um, I still attend all of my 12 step meetings on Zoom. Um, and I've actually enjoyed it. And yes, it's different, but I have been able to continue the fellowship and get information that I need to get. Now, my husband, who's also in program, used to attend a very heavy meeting, you know, very popular meeting down here in Southern California. And it was seven days a week. And it was one of those ones that people start their day off with. So you'd have 7,500 people in the room. It is now right around 16 people who are coming. And I, I know that, that that particular meeting had been going on for at least a decade. And so to see it shrink uh, makes me makes me sad. And I hope that people are filling up their schedule with other ways to connect. I know they tried to do it hybrid um, and it didn't really work. It was online like mine is. It went online after when we were all staying home. And I think when the article was first written, when we were all staying home. Yeah, it was and, 2020. Yeah, and so when he wrote that article, so I got it. But when we had a chance in my particular group, which has always been around 15 people, it's my home group, uh, decided to continue because what ended up happening, it was actually the reverse is we started getting people from all over the country, you know, logging in. So we started to have this really great connection with people. Um, but to see his, they, they couldn't, they didn't weather it. And I don't know if it'll come back. I know they have some some diehard people that show up. He's of service, so he always shows up on his day to do coffee. But I know it's changed it completely. Yeah, and I think you know, um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of uh, I had a similar situation uh, uh -huh. that then like your husband, right? Um, I, I am gonna go a little bit further. I I, I think that COVID not only killed twelve step groups because of the physical side of it. Mm -hmm. I think it also killed a lot of the culture yes. that was around it. Okay. And I'm going to go, I'm going to go a little bit, you're going to do I'm it, gonna go a little deeper because I'm going to actually say what a lot of people say that I talk with, you know, I still have okay. a group that's online yes. that we meet once a week and you know, the average age mm -hmm. of, of, of recovery for the people that are in sobriety in this group is probably around 20. Oh, okay. Long, so yeah. 
you know, there's no one in there that has, I think we have one person that's under five years. So wow. it's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of 12 step. It's a lot of recovery in this group. Right. And, and I found that what happened was, is that it killed the big group that I had in the Valley, one of the largest groups. Wow. It absolutely shattered it. But I think it killed it like this article said a little bit, because this article talks about politics kind of killing it. I know. And I think that the whole thing, and I'm just going to be honest with you, unfortunately, things got drug into AA, or mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I don't even like to say that 12 step, got yeah. drug, it, drug into 12 step that had nothing to do with 12 step, like like what, you know, the vaccine or sure, your status, or what you believe in. Yep. Me, yeah. What you believe in. Right. And, and there was a range of it and judgment calls were made. Mm-hmm. And I saw that happen first. And at first when there was no vaccine, when there was nothing, I saw this in people that, that were uncomfortable mm-hmm. being tolerant of older people that didn't know how to use the technology. Oh, you're you know? right. Yes. And that that wiped out uh, in our group, I would say, the top level, the people who were always there. Right. And I'm just going to call them, 12-step doesn't call this, but the donors. Yes. I'm talking about the people who are actively involved. Sure. Make sure that there's a hall that's paid for. Mm-hmm. Make sure that we have a bank account, right? All this stuff, it wiped them out. Wow. And if they weren't Gen X or very, very, or had a millennial in the household, right? They were, they were wiped out. And there were people who couldn't afford technology. True. They couldn't afford a phone. They didn't mm-hmm. have uh, Wi-Fi. There were people that we had with rehabs that were coming in that couldn't do that, right? And it, it really, it did, it, yeah. wiped, it wiped it out. Well, we know that the numbers of people with substance abuse uh, disorder have uh, skyrocketed. We know that it is slowly creeping up. So even with normal drinkers um, or gray area drinkers, it, the consumption went up. We know that for sure. But what is interesting is that whole dynamic what, that you just shared. It's physically hard sometimes if, for the bigger meetings to figure out who's raising their hand. You know, there are some cues that we used to get when we were in the room sitting with each other that we don't get. And I know that there's been struggle with that um, in one particularly large room that I have where they're really struggling on how to just do the format, but, or I should say, and they're still sticking it out. Yeah, They're still yeah. doing it. So I think that it has changed forever. I don't well, know I'm if it's say killed it. Even a little bit more controversial. Okay. Um, I don't think it's killed 12 step groups because 12 step groups evolved and they went online. Right. But here's what, but here's where I think that the culture of 12 step, there was a lot of it was the culture of 12 step, right? Right. So there were a lot of things that weren't never really written down. Absolutely. Like, so for example, is you're not going to be, so, you're not going to be able to stay sober if mm-hmm. you don't go to a physical meeting. Right. People would say that, although it never said that. No, I don't it doesn't remember say reading that. anything Mm-mm. that ever said that. There were maybe examples of that, right? Right. But there was a long tradition. And when when it happened, when six months came, three months, six months, mm-hmm. a year, a year and a half, two years, as this has started to go on, what's happened is I know a lot of people who were very, very, very diehard into the culture and tradition of 12-step Yes, that have changed their mind. One guy in particular... He said, uh, I'm choosing not to go back to physical meetings. I'm going to go once a month. It's going to be a social thing only. I'm mm-hmm. not there for my, I'm doing everything online. Um, and I like it that way. And I'm better off that way. And I was like, I, 
for for this guy to say this honestly, Christina, I was like, I was shocked, honestly. Whoa, right, right. I, you know, I don't know if I would have fallen into that category, but I did always believe um, until we were all forced to go home that you had to be knee to knee. Recovery meant that you connected with people in a physical space. It, it was important for me to see other people living uh, a sober life. And yes. it was important, the culture after and the friendships and the meeting after the meeting, you know, where you went to go have coffee after and continue. Um, that has been removed from me. And in place of it, I have found other outlets that are talking about recovery, which I do love. I love that we're on Clubhouse. I love that Recovered Life is here and that yes. we can talk about these things. I love the the idea that we are interconnected all over the world. I mean, we, you and I both know a beautiful person who lives in Wales and she contributes to my recovery program just as much as anybody did sharing in a live meeting. So- more because right. they're they're more accessible in a weird way. Yes, uh, you know, and I do. I do. I, I'm with you on one thing that you know. I think to Christina is that there was problems with twelve step groups as far as safety for women. Right, that was always a huge thing that we were always concerned about is making sure that women felt comfortable that there were other women around. Right, right, because it is a little different. I think it is a mm -hmm. little different. Um, uh, and making sure that it was a safe place for people to come. Right. And I think the politics injected into it, the yeah. people's judgment um, yes. and really not being accepting mm -hmm. that, 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 Hey, maybe somebody has got a bigger health issue or mm -hmm. maybe somebody has no health issue at all. And they're absolutely fine going. Yes. Right. And not wanting to hold hands right at the prayer in the end, like all these different, all these different things and the finances of it. Let's, Let's be a bit like things yeah. have become a lot more expensive and harder to get in insurance policies and all that other kind of stuff. If you're running these big groups, Absolutely. it's very, very difficult. And I think it's, I think with things like recovered life with, and we're not saying that we're a substitute, no. but coaches like yourself, yes, there's more things in the Dharma recovery, smart recovery, right? Uh, religious groups that have, right. That yeah. More things kind of came into the mix and it's not necessarily the go-to place anymore. It isn't the only place, that's for sure. And when I first got sober, I really believed it was the only place. And maybe at that time, 25 years ago, it really was the name of the game. It was what we did um, if you were going to get sober. But all of these things, we had a show this week about Sober Curious and what that's doing. And I think that this is a wonderful conversation for us all to be have, having at this time. I know people... Um, who first were introduced to sobriety via Clubhouse and have just celebrated a year. Um, I know people who have um, participated in Smart Recovery or one of the other ones who've done Celebrate Recovery. And there is not a sobriety difference between us. And that's Gabri, really what who opened... we interviewed on Wednesday uh, uh -huh. had not gone to a physical meeting. She says in some interviews had not even gone to a physical meeting in a year. Wow. Or first year because it just wasn't available. Right. Not because she was unwilling to. It's just that sure. she was in her area was not available with, with COVID. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you, Christina. I think that this is an exciting time. It is recovery actually. And I, and I don't think that, uh, you know, and I, I definitely want to come across because I've had friends that I've had this discussion with that are very touchy about oh. the subject and they think, well, you're just not really pro 12 step 
absolutely opposite. No. And, and people who know me, you love know I'm steps. huge. I'm huge. Like I really am a huge proponent of the 12 steps. It saved my life. Definitely. Um, and, but I do think that this is an exciting opportunity and things evolve. And I think in recovery, we have to be open to them evolving. Well, the need's not getting smaller. That's for sure. And if meetings are not available to us, physical meetings are not available to us, but we have all of these other options. I have to say, after being introduced to uh, Recovered Life, after, after being pushed into a situation where I had to go online, that um, I now realize that's not the only way you can get sober. There are other ways. And who am I to say that their recovery isn't as you know, good or as in a strong as my own recovery. I love the 12 steps too. I love them. But now I'm recognizing you don't have to be uh, in a formal 12 step group to maybe be, uh, learn from them. And I think that I think there's also a difference between short term recovery and long term recovery. Mm -hmm. I think if we're going to be honest, I know for me, I'll just speak for myself. I, I found it a bit dubious that people could just go onto an auto audio app. You did and do fellowship and just stay sober long-term. Honestly, I've seen it. I don't think that's a long-term solution. I think that there's work that's involved. Sure. And that's one of the things that, uh, that's one of the things that 12 step is great at is that there's a, there's a structure of the work, right. right. Of, of doing the work, but with supplementing this with coaching and different other things, people like you, things that we've got going on, I really feel that people are able to go way beyond what they were Absolutely. talking about before. And that, that benefit for me, that was a lifesaver because that, you know, look, we talk about all the time. That's why I created recovered life is because I wanted to have a deeper conversation about how to live your best recovered life, right. not just how to get, not just how somebody can come in and get sober. Right. That's not, that's not super interesting to me. Uh, you have to have it. Yes. I mean, look, it's you have to the, have it's it. It's the entry it's ticket. The game. It's the entry ticket. And what you just described about um, about having to do more, that would apply to in meetings too. Because I know plenty yes. of people who just came to meetings and they were able to be sober by osmosis. But that certain amount of rich life, the one that we're talking about, the one that we want, you cannot just show up. Even if it's in a clubhouse room or a Zoom meeting, you have to participate in your own recovery. Yes, you'll feel the, my, my experience in this has been is that the energy, just from a metaphysical level, yes. the energy and focus and intention of the group, Absolutely. if you're in community with them, can keep you sober for a period of time. Yes. But it won't keep you sober long-term if you don't really address your own stuff. Right. Right? Absolutely. You're just going to be hanging out mm -hmm. in a group. And eventually, I find that something happens and that wanes a little bit. And you need to, if you if you haven't done the work, you're in trouble. Yeah. For sure. For sure. We can hold on for a while. Sometimes it can carry us. It's carried me sometimes. There have been, you know, times in my recovery where I wasn't doing the deal as much as I had before, but I had so many connections and such as those neuropathways had been built that I didn't pick up, but pain would come. And then I would be like, oh gosh, I got to go back and do some work. I got to yes. figure it out. And that is, I think, something with people that are working remotely, recovering mm -hmm. remotely, is that because they're at home and in a comfortable place, right. maybe the pain isn't as significant as maybe. it would be. It's not all at once, right? Sure. Whereas if you were out in the world doing all that stuff, 
you might be a little bit more aware of this. Absolutely. Absolutely. But different this has kind been of an amazing episode. I have to tell you, I'm sorry. I just cut you off. What'd you say? I was like, it could be a different kind of pain though, the isolation and stuff. So. Oh, absolutely. No, it's a yeah. different kind of pain. And I think it's worse, honestly, <laughs> because, because it's, it's, it's ongoing, right? You don't want absolutely. that. Pain. This has been a great episode. Episode 76 coming to a close. Any final thoughts, Christina on the um, weekend ahead? No, I'm just looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. I can't wait to get back on Monday and really do what we're doing here. I think it's amazing. And I think that people need to know that if you have a substance abuse disorder or a codependent you know, yeah. problem or a problem with any of those things that you're not alone, you're not alone. Yes, you are definitely not alone. And we hope that, you know, I just want to let everybody know Recovered Life, if you're not a member of the community, oh, it's 100% free. And you guys definitely do this. Avail yourself. If you're listening to a podcast right now, listen, the only thing that you have to remember is go to recoveredlife.us. U.S. Mm -hmm. because we do it together, right? And okay. join right there. You can join, click a button, join for free. And you're in a community of like-minded people all living their best recovered life. And Absolutely. it's literally like a digital home group in your pocket, right? You can carry right. along with. Right there. And, the, and nothing, it's amazing the stuff that we're doing over there. It's great. So all of these conversations, we continue on in the Recovered Life app. So please join and please like, comment, and share Christina Dennis, thank you so much. I'll see you thank next you. week. Thank you. Have a great, Have a great weekend. weekend. Bye. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.